Welcome to Jammin' with Jason Mefford, a show where we discuss topics relevant to chief audit executives and professionals in audit, risk, and compliance. We discuss the technical and soft skills needed to navigate the minefields of organizations. You hear best practices and practical advice for helping you advance your career, and we'll even talk about music, mindfulness, and psychology, because we can. So sit back and relax while you listen to the number one podcast in the world for internal auditors, unscripted and unedited. Welcome to another episode of Jamming with Jason. Ha! There we go. I just had to get it out that way to start off. Hey, uh, it's another solo episode this week. And uh, wanted to talk a little bit about, I think I mentioned to you before, if you've been a longtime listener, that um, on Fridays, typically what I'm going to be doing, because we're doing two, two a week right now, is on Friday, either it'll be a flashback Friday where we go through and kind of replay one of the most popular uh, uh, episodes that we had before in case you miss it the first time. But also, you know, it's with the way that we learn, it's good to repeat things because we learn through repetition. And so I know for myself, uh, you know, I can listen to the same thing three or four times each time I do it. I get something different out of it. So that's another reason why we're doing the flashback Fridays as well. Uh, But also on Fridays, sometimes I want to do like what I'm doing uh, with you today. And that is not to talk about the technical uh, parts of doing your job or, you know, talk about latest research or how to do this or that better in your job, but actually talk to you about you. Um, you know, things you can do to help improve your career or things you can do to actually improve your life as well. Uh, Because one thing is we are a whole being. Uh, We're not just, you know, one person at work and one person at home in our home life. We're the same person and we have to realize that as well and kind of work from that position um, as well. And so today, I wanted to talk a little bit about um, leadership, and we're going to get into that here in just a minute. Um, but I wanted to remind you, you know, again, if you are a listener uh, to the podcast, make sure and connect with me on LinkedIn. Uh, it's really easy to find me. If you just type in Jason Mefford, I'm probably going to be the top one that pops up. Send me a connection request. Um, but do me a favor, because I get a lot of, of like random, <laughs> random requests from people that, so half the time I'm denying more people than I'm accepting. So if, if you're a listener to the podcast, I want to make sure and accept you. So give me a personalized invite. So when you click on it, don't just click connect, but actually uh, send me a message. Let me know that you're a listener uh, to the podcast, because then I'll make sure and uh, accept you. If not, if I kind of glance at your profile and it seems a little random to me, I might uh, might delete it and I don't want to do that. So make sure reach out to me on LinkedIn, connect with me, and then also uh, let me know what you like about the podcast as well so I can keep doing some of that. Now, I want to do a shout out. Uh, you know, one of the people that did that for me and um, 
Primariska Riantoni. I hope I said your name right. Um, but they sent, sent in a message to me and said, hi, Jason, it's nice to listen to your podcast. I'm frequently listening and learning about how to maintain relationships as a chief audit executive. So thank you, uh, Primariska, for reaching out to me and letting me know that uh, because relationships are important, whether you're a chief audit executive or not, relationships are very, very important. And you're actually going to start hearing me talk a lot more about that, both again in your career, but also in your personal life. So today, what I wanted to talk about is, you know, the title is, you know, your title doesn't make you a leader. And I, and I think, you know, ho hopefully I'm sure you're, you're not actually thinking this, but I just want to kind of level set and remind us about the fact that what, whatever title you may have, that title doesn't make you a leader. What makes you a leader is the person that you are and the skills that you've actually developed to be able to be a leader. And we're gonna go through and talk about some of those here today. Um, but before we do that, I, I, I wanna just kind of set the stage here you know, because I'm sure when you look at the title, it's like, okay, that's a little bit different, but what do you mean exactly, right? Because I think we all know that just because somebody has a title, that doesn't make them a leader. So I want you to think about, um, you know, there's a great movie that I saw at one point called Horrible Bosses. And, you know, it was about these bosses that were just horrible <laughs> to their employees. It was pretty funny. It was kind of a comedy um, but, you know, have you worked for a horrible boss? I'm guessing if you're like most people, you probably have. I know I have myself. There's been some people that I've worked for, did not respect them, did not listen to them, thought that they were a horrible human being in the way that they treated me and the way that they treated other people. Now the issue and why we're, why we're talking about this today is I, I think, again, you've probably had experiences of that in your life where you've worked with someone else, maybe a peer or a boss uh, that really wasn't a good leader. They didn't treat people respectfully. They didn't do the things that they were supposed to do. Um, and it really kind of rubs on you. But the question that I wanna ask is, but are you being a horrible boss? Okay, so I want you to think about that. Are you being a horrible boss? Because again, most of the people, you know, that I've worked with that were horrible bosses, I don't think they thought they were. I think they thought they were doing the right thing. Uh, and it just came off that way to me. And so this is one of those, you know, for a little bit of self-reflection is as we go through and talk about this, you know, are you being as good as you could as a leader? Are there things that you can improve uh, to be able to be maybe more respectful uh, to other people? And we're going to talk a little bit about that here uh, in just a minute as I, as, I, as I keep going through here. But I realize, you know, especially in our profession, we spend most of our time actually learning technical things. So technical, how to do our job, right? It's like going to trade school and learning how to be a mechanic. You just learn how to be a mechanic and, and kind of walk through the steps or do the processes. 
And so again, most people in internal audit, risk, compliance, that's really our educational background. And in fact, for most of the learning after our education, it's still so much on the technical areas. But I'll tell you, you know, those things help you do your job at a certain level, but they don't help you move up in the organization. And they absolutely do not teach you or prepare you for when all of a sudden now you start leading other people. And the reason is, you know, the promotion hierarchy typically goes like this. You know, you start off, you're, you know, as a, as a staff auditor, a, a new internal auditor, you do good work. After a little while, they say, hey, you've done good work. So now why don't we give you some people that you're responsible for? We'll make you the lead auditor or an in charge or whatever the title happens to be. And now other people are working for you. And then you do that for a little while and then you move into maybe being a manager. And all along the way, you know, we're still getting the technical training, but usually we're not really prepared for actually being a leader of other people. And, you know, it's a big difference between being a manager and a leader as well. And we'll get into that probably more in a, in a future episode as well. But today, what I really wanted to talk to you about is, is kind of this whole idea of, you know, what kind of a leader are you? And do you have the skills to make you successful as a leader? Okay, because I get it. I understand that a lot of you have really kind of gotten thrown into these supervisory or leadership positions without ever really being taught how to be a leader. Um, and, it, and it, you know, so you're probably not prepared for it. You know, imagine I like to use analogies and I love football, right? It's football season right now. And, you know, some of you, I'm sure maybe growing up had some different leadership uh, positions, maybe as you were growing, right? Like I, I was in the Boy Scouts. Uh, so I, I ended up, I got my Eagle Scout rank. And in the Boy Scouts, they try to teach you some of these leadership skills, right? They start teaching you how to kind of lead other people. There's, there's some of that that's kind of incorporated into it. There's, there's leadership positions that you, that you work on. But, you know, really, you know, what I learned as a Boy Scout, while it was very good, it absolutely did not prepare me for being an executive in a multi-billion dollar company. They're, they're two totally different things, right? And so, again, imagine it'd be like if you, you know, maybe you started off, you played, you know, peewee football, and maybe you played football in high school, and then, you know, you go on to college, you played football earlier on, uh, you know, had a great time as a kid doing it, but then you went to, you, you went to college, right, to get a real job and to learn the real stuff. And, and so, you know, you weren't a college athlete, you were a student who was actually doing the work, learning the technical skills, right? You get hired, you get out into the workforce, you start working, you move yourself up, and all of a sudden, you start looking around and you realize, it's as if, yes, you know how to play football because you played it in high school, but all of a sudden you look around and you're in the National Football League. You're playing with other people who didn't just stop at high school. They went through their college. They played football in college and they've been playing football professionally in the National Football League for a while. 
Well, when you see that, that puts you at a disadvantage. And I understand, I totally get it because, but that's kind of the situation that many of you are put into, right? You, you, you don't have the same training. You don't have the same experience that a lot of the other executives in your organization do. And because of that, those other executives view you in a different light, right? It's, it's again, it's like, oh, this, you know, what, what's this person doing here in the NFL? They kind of understand how to play football, but they don't understand anything about what it actually takes to play in the NFL. So let's use that as an example and just talk here uh, for a few minutes about, well, if, you, if we translate that now into leadership, what are some things that maybe you didn't learn before that you need to learn to be able to play at that executive leader position? And again, even though you, know, you, you, you might not be a vice president in an organization, but these are still skills that all of us need to know how to do in order to be a great leader, regardless of whatever your title is. And again, this works in, in your career, but also in your personal life as a leader as well, okay? Now, again, if we go back to the football analogy just briefly, you know, um, people that, that play sport professionally, whether it's football or soccer or what football is called in the rest of the world or, or tennis or whatever, whatever sports analogy that you wanna use, people that play on the professional level, they have coaches, they're practicing every day. They're doing conditioning in the off season as well, right? So again, if you, if you take something like, like football that has a, a particular uh, time series when the games are happening during the year, well, what do you think those, those athletes are doing in the off season? They're not sitting around eating a bunch of ice cream sitting on their couch they're still actually working, they're exercising, they've got trainers, they're working out every day because what they do in the off season is actually what helps them perform better when they actually get into a game situation. Same thing is true for us as leaders. What you do in the equivalent off season is going to determine whether or not you're successful when you're actually kind of under that fire and playing the game you know, in the, pol the politics that you're dealing with other executives in the organization. If you haven't prepared before you get into that political game, you're dead if the other person has, has done their work, okay? And so this is why, you know, one of the things that a lot of times we're missing is we're not actually regularly practicing these concepts and exercising, if you will, just like a professional athlete would do. We only address things when we have a problem. And again, when you have the problem, you, sh you should have done the pre-work because you didn't do the pre-work, that's why you got the problem or it's gonna be much harder for you to get through the problem at that point, okay? So one of the things, you know, again, about being a leader is, hey, it's not just show up at game time and play the game. There's practice that you have to do before you're actually in a game situation, okay? So that's one thing. Um, another thing is, you know, what I call, what I teach as intuitive leadership, okay? Now, what does that mean? 
Well, a lot of people are talking about emotional intelligence. I talk about emotional intelligence because it's important. But intuitive leadership is more than just emotional intelligence, okay? And again, a lot of times when people are talking about emotional intelligence, they're usually focusing their efforts on the other person where actually the most important focus is on yourself, right? In fact, four of the five different pillars that emotional intelligence is built on is about you. The last one is about recognizing and helping to manage emotions in other people. But again, the reason why I talk about intuitive leadership and use that is, you know, there are emotional intelligence components with it. But one of the problems that ends up happening so much of the time is, like I said, either people use that to try to manipulate people, which is wrong because manipulating people is not correct. People still have free choice. But the issue is most of the time we get stuck in our head and we're doing thinking leadership instead of intuitive leadership. And so what the intuitive leadership means is you're actually using, you're recognizing your emotions, you're understanding how to control your emotions, recognize those in other people, but you're able to get out of your head because you've actually practiced these things and you don't have to think or overthink to be able to be decisive and make a decision. And you're, and you're using your whole brain, your whole body in order to be a better leader. So that's one of the things, again, that most people are missing uh, in being a good leader. You know, and so again, when you think about some of those horrible bosses that you worked for, how many of them were really emotionally intelligent? Could they control themselves? Probably not if they were angry and would yell and scream at you. They didn't know how to actually control themselves. Okay. They could, they couldn't, you know, manage their own emotions. How are they going to manage the emotions of their team? Okay. Another one, neural influence. And again, you might've heard of the term influence before, and I've talked about it before. So, but what's the difference between neural influence and just influence? Well, influence, again, it's based on kind of six principles neural influence, the way that I teach it and talk about it, actually incorporates a lot more of the psychological and brain-based things behind it so that you're actually able to influence people. But again, as I told you before, it's not manipulation. It's not forcing or trying to get people to do things. It's just actually understanding how to use psychology and the principles of influence to be able to get people to do things they already want to do or to help them get past the roadblocks or the limitations that they have and why they won't end up taking action. Okay, because again, a lot of, a lot of that influence side is trying to encourage people or get people to take better action. And some of that, again, is based on the questions that you ask. Most people in leadership positions don't ask questions, they tell people. But I'll tell you, <laughs> right, uh, when you're better at actually asking questions instead of telling people, when you learn the skills of how to do this with neural influence, the resistance goes away because you ask a question and people realize already what it is that they need to do and they start moving that way without you having to you know, provide motivation and try to kick them in the butt to get them to do it. 
you're actually able to help them come to that realization on their own and move forward. That makes your job as a leader way easier. And I'm all about easy, not about hard, okay? The other one that I wanted to mention with you today is about mental mastery. And again, you know, a lot of times people look at this and they think, well, mental mastery, what are you talking about, right? Well, again, think about, you know, if you go back, I love movies. And if you ever watch the movie Karate Kid, uh, you know, if you remember, Mr. Miyagi had Daniel-san doing lots of different things. He couldn't figure out why, I, why he was painting the fence and why he was waxing the car and why he was sanding the floor, but it was to build up Daniel's mental mastery. It was teaching him skills, but it was also toughening him up uh, mentally to be able to handle the game, right? And if you remember, there's that great scene in there where he's, Daniel is mad at Mr. Miyagi and says, you know, I'm tired of washing your car and doing all this stuff. I want you to teach me karate. And Mr. Miyagi said, okay, well, I'm going to attack you. Now show me, you know, paint the fence. And as he was attacking Daniel, the paint the fence was actually the move to defend what he was doing, right? So he was learning the skills, but he was also developing the mental mastery to be able to do that. And I'll tell you, because, you know, one of the, the hardest places to be, <coughs> excuse me, as a leader is right between your two ears. And most of the time when push comes to shove, most leaders back down and chicken out. And the reason for that, they haven't worked on the mental mastery part. So when things are great, and, and I'm sure you've seen this with leaders that you've worked with, when things are great, it is so fucking easy to be a leader, right? Because everything just happens the way you want it to. You get all the credit. You don't have to do any of the work, right? But the minute things get hard, that's where a real leader shows up, right? Because the real leader has worked on what's going on up in their mind between their ears, and they can make it through anything. And that's the difference, again, between a, good, a great leader and somebody who's just a pretend leader, right? It's easy to be a leader when you've got a great team and everybody's doing exactly what it is that they're supposed to do. But do you have the mental mastery to actually work through the tough times, hold your shit together, and actually do what needs to be done? That mental mastery work and the practice that goes along with that is something that almost none of the leaders actually do. And it's, it's pretty pathetic, okay? But that is exactly, if you wanna be successful as a leader, that is one of the most important things that you can do. Because the more you can control yourself, the more you can control the stories that are in your mind, uh, the easier it is for you to be able to work through those challenges um, because again, a lot of times it's difficult to be a leader. You know, you have emotions just like everybody else does. And if you're not resilient, if you don't know how to work through what's going on in your own life, good luck trying to help everybody else. Right. And again, a lot of those horrible bosses that we've all worked for, most of those people don't have their shit together. They don't have that mental mastery. That's why when they get triggered, they jump off the deep end. They start yelling and screaming and telling people what to do because they haven't been able to master 
the mental toughness behind what it takes to be a leader. Okay, so today, wrapping up for you this week, but again, as we started off at the beginning, you know, we've all worked for horrible bosses. And I'm not saying that you're a horrible boss. I, I, I don't think that at all necessarily. But what I want you to do is ask yourself, could I be perceived as a horrible boss? Am I doing some of these other things that Jason talked about? Am I actually trying to practice in the off season so that I'm ready when the challenges come? Am I taking more of an intuitive leadership approach? Am I considering emotion behind it, both in myself and with, with other people? Uh, you know, do I understand and know how to use something like neural influence to actually help, uh, you know, have people do what it is that they want to do already? And do you really have that mental mastery uh, to be able to make you that kind of a leader that can push through the tough times as well? If you don't, again, I'm going to be talking more about this uh, because I will tell you, having been around for a long time, your technical skills will get you by for a while. But it's these things that I'm talking about today that's going to be able to take you for the rest of your career and the rest of your life as well. The technical only gets you so far. And if you don't know how to do the rest of this, your life is really hard because it's hard to be a leader if you don't have the skills and the conditioning necessary to be able to play the game of being a leader, right? So again, going back to our sports analogy, if you're not doing your cardio, then how are you going to be on the football field running up and down and not be winded? You have to do the cardio. You have to do the strength training. You have to do the agility training. You have to learn the plays. You have to be able to anticipate the strategy of the other team, right? These are all things that you have to do to be able to prepare for the game. And there's a lot of things like this too related to leadership. But don't worry, I'm here to help you. Uh, in fact, you know, again, the briefing leadership program is one of those things that actually goes through and teaches these kind of things. Um, but I'm here to help because again, as I've told you, these are the things that will make the biggest impact, make your job easy. Cause again, I'm all about easy instead of hard. Okay. So with that, my friends, I'm going to wrap up for this week and, uh, I will catch you on a future episode. So again, go out this week and just think, you know, what's one thing that you can do different to be a better boss this week and actually make it better uh, for the people that actually work for you and with you. And with that, I will see you on the next episode. Take care, my friends. And that's a wrap. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Jamming with Jason. Keep on rocking in the audit world. Have a great rest of your day, and I'll catch you later on the next show. If you'd like to earn continuing professional education for listening to today's episode, head on over to C-Risk Academy at ondemand.criskacademy.com. And that's C as in the letter C, riskacademy.com. Not only do you get a CPE certificate, but you also will have access to the video version of today's show. The views and opinions expressed on this show are that of the individuals and not of their respective organizations.